Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Moment tonight. Mark chapter number three. I want to read a few verses, and uh, but I want to I want to preface uh, my thoughts tonight. I don't want to move away from uh, what we experienced this morning. I want you to go home with that in your mind and in your eyes and in your heart. That beautiful, the beautiful singing and and the uh, uh, the uh, lesson that we learned uh, in the uh, morning service. I don't want to I don't want to take away from that. But I've been thinking about our nation. And uh, my Sunday school lesson this morning, some of you were here, my Sunday school lesson is my turn. And I taught on the subject, uh, just kind of taught a little bit on, on the thought of uh, the America they died for. The America they died for. I'm just 72 years old, and I've watched our nation change dramatically in the last 50 years in the last 10 years, and then in the last five years, in the last two years, I've watched our nation, as Brother Greg has already said, make unbelievable, unprecedented changes. And it breaks my heart. I'm saddened by it. And so with all of the Memorial Day stuff and those that had died for our nation, the songs we've been singing, and we've been thinking about and have been reading in the scripture. And, and, um, and so, but I, I don't want to take away from that. Tomorrow's officially Memorial Day, the last uh, Monday in the month of May. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be mindful of that. And uh, we'll, we'll see things on television about it tonight and tomorrow. And we've talked about it today. And so my thought this morning in Sunday school was the America, those 1.1 to 1.3 million people died for. Uh, where is it at? Where is it gone? And that was our Sunday school lesson. And so we, we dealt with the founders of our nation. And I very simply said this, no matter how they have been criticized and, and uh, the changes that have been made over the last two to three years to five years, about those founding fathers, they were, they were people, I say men, but they were people. They were people of two things. Number one, they were people of faith. Number two, they were people of principle, of principle. And we don't have that today. We may have some people who call the name of Christ, but we don't have very many people at high levels that are, that are people of principle, people of principle. And so I taught on that for a little while, not only of the founders, but the founding. I can't document, I can't verify that, that God founded America. But I tell you, there's more evidence that he did than there's evidence that he didn't. And I gave some reasons why I believe that God's hand was on this nation. And uh, then the foundation of America. Found the founders, the founding, and the foundation of our nation. 
and how that it's founded on three or four things. One of them, it was founded on Christianity. Now that uh, your, modern, your, your modern history is just like your modern science. There is, there, is a, there is science and then there's real science. And then there is history and then there's real history. And history can't be, uh, you, you, you can't kind of go back and, and, and try to change history. History is what it is. And whether it be good, whether it be bad, it is what it is. The bad things, we learn from them and move on. And, uh, and so we, we talked about that uh, the reality of it is our nation was found as a Christian nation on Christian principles. Number two, our nation was founded on a constitution. There are those who believe today that, that the constitution of our nation is it's a... It's, it's a living document in the, in the respect. It's like a fluid document, and, uh, and, and it needs to change with the times. It needs to change with the times. That would be like writing another Bible, wouldn't it, to fit the times that you and I live in. And uh, that's, that's not what we need in America. We don't need to change our Constitution. And uh, we don't need to change the Bill of Rights. And we don't need to, we don't need to wipe out the First Amendment, and the Second Amendment, and all of the rights and privileges. And then there's one other thing that I mentioned, an institution that's within this, this uh, America that you and I live in, is the church. The church. I believe in the church. Everything that I have, everything that I am, everything that I hope to be is funneled through the church. What God does in America and around the world, He He conveys it through His church. He works through His church. And sadly, uh, churches in America, along with everything else, have changed in unbelievable things. But I don't want to take away from Memorial Day. I don't want to dampen uh, the reality of those that have the 47 million that have served, the one point whatever million that have died, the 77,000 that are missing in action, uh, who, where they are, we, we know not. Maybe they need to be included in the ones that, uh, you know, that, that uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice, as we always say it. But, the, but there's something that we need to do. There's three things. This is the conclusion of the message, but I'm not done. There's three things that we can do. Number one, we can pray. I preached on that Wednesday night in our devotion. We can pray. Number two, we can watch. There are so many, um, there are so many Christians today that are like that ostrich with its head in the sand. And they're not watching. We are, we are to be watchmen. That's, that's part of our calling, not necessarily from the pulpit, but from the pews. We need to be watching. We need to be knowledgeable. We need to be like David's mighty men when he cataloged his mighty men, and he said they were men who knew the times and knew what to do. We need to be watching. I tell you, there's things going on that, uh, I, and I know we have so many distractions, so many other things have our attention that things are happening at, uh, I mean, at, 
at the snap of a finger, our nation is changing again and again and again as the clock is ticking away, and we need to be watchful. Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray, to occupy till I come. Watch and pray. We need to be watching. We need to be praying. Number three, we need to stand. Now, I'm not asking you to stand up tonight. But we, as God's people, if we don't soon understand the importance of what he said in the book of Ephesians, doing all to stand. To stand. Stand. As God's people, we're to take a stand. We're not to just kind of mellow away and just kind of fade off into uh, the sunset or uh, into the darkness. We, we're to be a people who, who are willing to take a stand. And we're seeing that a little bit. Thank God we're seeing it just a little bit. We, we have been so passive and, and, uh, and lived in such apathy so long as, as Christians because we've had it so good. I mean, we have had... Uh, the cake and eat it too. But gradually we see our liberties eroding and our privileges and we see that and we hear about it and we need to, number one, we need to pray. Number two, before I give you the thoughts very quickly. Number two, we need to watch. We need to be watchers. And number three, we need to stand. People are starting to do that. I'm, I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not militant by any measure of the word, but we need to take a stand. And um, I don't want to go to jail, but we sure need to take a stand. And uh, there are some things that we need to look at in, in, a, in our nation, in, and uh, we need to look at it through the lens of this book, and there are some things that we should not negotiate. There's a word that we use, and it's almost like a curse word in Baptist churches, compromise, compromise. Now, with those things said, I want you to look in, the, in our verse. I'm going to uh, just read a couple of verses. I have Mark, 22, uh, Mark 3, 22 through 27. But let's begin reading in uh, verse number 24. Can we get that on the screen? Verse number 24. Have your Bible in your lap and follow along with me. Uh, you know the story that's uh, developed here. But this is the reply that Jesus gives when uh, they were talking about uh, the, uh, how that, uh, the, the miracles were being done uh, through uh, Satan. And, um, and so in verse, number, in verse number 24, the Bible said these words, And if a kingdom be divided against itself, how many of you know that America is a divided nation? Sure it is, sure it is. I mean, right down the middle. Right down the middle. A divided... He said that a kingdom that is, that is divided against itself, that kingdom, say the next couple of words with me, can not stand. He said it again. Look in verse number 25. And if a house be divided against itself, that house, say it with me, can not stand. And he said it the third time, and, and this one is almost, uh, it almost looks like an exaggeration to me, but the Lord wouldn't do that. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he can not stand. 
but hath an end. And so for a moment or two tonight, and, and um, I, I just want to say a couple of things about that. And so the title of our message tonight, The Destruction of a Divided Nation. The Destruction of a Divided Nation. And then I, I underscored it with this simple phrase, a truth that cannot be ignored. A truth that cannot be ignored. I preached down in Florida. It was Friday night. In North Florida, they have kind of a fellowship. and They had invited me to come down and preach Friday night in Live Oak Church I'd never been in before. And I thought I'd been on, in most of them, but had never been in that one before. And while I was, just before I was getting ready to leave, Sister Debbie and I, we left uh, late in the afternoon. Had to be there at 7. And, uh, and so the Lord uh, privileged me to preach down there. And, and uh, the message that I preached down there has nothing to do with this. But before I got ready to go, God began to deal with my heart about truth. This is a truth that cannot be ignored. If we ignore this truth, we're doing it to our own destruction. If America continues down the road that America is going on, the fact of the matter is, the truth is, the truth is this, that a nation divided against itself cannot stand. I know I preached on this a couple of years ago, but this is different. And so I want to I say this. Um, the Bible is true, even if. And then the Lord just gave me five things as I was preparing to preach down there. He said, and I said this, the Bible is true even if we, even if I don't understand it. It's still true. It's, 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 it's not, it's not, uh, it has, it's not any less true just because I don't understand it. And there's a lot about it I don't understand. But that doesn't make the things that I don't understand Possibly untruth. Number two, the Bible is true even if I don't agree with it. Can you believe that? Can you imagine that, that God would write His Word in such a way that if I didn't agree with it, that it might not be correct? A lot of people think that. Matter of fact, I thought about it after I wrote that statement down. The Bible is true even if I don't agree with it. It's also true if it doesn't agree with me. If it doesn't agree with me. Or if it doesn't agree with you, the Bible is still true. This is a truth that cannot be ignored. Here's one. The Bible is true even if we don't like it. If we don't like what it says. You said, how in the world could a Bible-believing, born-again, heaven-washed-in-the-blood Child of God, how in the world could there be part of the Bible that they don't like? Well, it's true. There's some of it you don't like. You don't like it because it rubs us the wrong way. And it goes against our grain. And it talks about things that, that we say, well, it doesn't matter what God said about it. Everybody's doing it. And so therefore, there's parts of the Bible that we just don't like. We don't like the preacher to preach about it. We don't like the Sunday school teacher to teach about it. And we're, we're reading through our Bible, our four chapters today. When we get those places we don't like, we read them in rapid speed. But we don't like them. We don't like it when God says things to us that changes, that, that would enact a change in us if we were obedient to it. 
And so then we just kind of pass it off and we say, well, you know, there, and, we, and we come up with all of these alibis and we come up with all of these, you know, just uh, all kinds of things and, and, uh, and we justify it and we just keep on keeping on. But the Bible's true even if I don't like what it says. Like what it says. Here's one. The Bible is true even if I don't believe it. And there are plenty that don't. The fifth one, and we'll give you a couple of verses and be done. The Bible is true. You need to write these down. Even if we don't acknowledge it, even if we, and we come to our text now, if we choose to ignore what the Bible said that we read a few moments ago, it will be to our destruction. Now, I wouldn't say anything like that if I didn't have Bible to back it up. And so let's look at the Bible to back it up. And uh, in Luke chapter number 11, in verse number 17, the Bible said these words. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And then he said, And a house divided against a house falleth. Look in Matthew, the next verse is Matthew 12, 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself, how many times does God have to say it, is brought to desolation. And then he adds another one. And Matthew, Luke is a little different, Matthew's a little different, Mark's a little different, John's a little different. They all have their distinctive ways in which they write and from their culture, from their background, they tell the same truth. But he said, and uh, not only is, is um, a house that's divided against itself, it cannot stand. And a kingdom that's divided against itself, it cannot stand. And if Satan was even divided against himself, then he could not stand. And then he added and said, let's include in this, Matthew does, a city. And so now we have a city has been included in this story and every city or house that is divided against itself shall not stand. Well, I tell you, we need to pray for our nation, don't we? We just kind of go on our little uh, merry way, you know, merrily, merrily. We just kind of keep, you know, making our way. We're not really, con we're not overly concerned about, we, we talk about it. We make a little noise about it. You know, we, wanna, we want our nation to be better than the one that we were raised up in, but that's not the direction it's going. Division destroys houses, which are homes. Division destroys cities. And division destroys kingdoms. A truth that cannot be ignored. In the next verse in our text, I didn't read it in verse number 27, he said, and here's, here's what happens. In ver and the reason we need to, we need to stand. We need to stand. We need to stand for our home. We need to stand for our church. And we need to stand for our nation. Let me put it this way. We need to stand for our nation. We need to stand for our home. And we need to stand for our church. There's a few things 
that if you're a red-blooded American, you ought to fight for them. You ought to fight for them. Nehemiah said it best. He said, fight for your family. I, I don't have to make it up. I don't have to find some kind of rhythm or rhyme or something. He said, fight for your families. You ought to fight for your family. And I tell you, you ought to fight for your church. You know, the devil hates the church. He really does. And all across the land, churches are being destroyed because of division. Harmony Baptist Church will be divided and their split will become Unity Baptist Church. Churches cannot stand when they're divided. Can't stand. A truth that cannot be ignored. But here's what has to happen. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man, then he will spoil his and the sad thing in the church and the sad thing in the home and the sad thing in the nation is that the strong men have been bound. We don't have, there was a time in America that we had a Christian voice. There was a time in America that we had a spiritual voice. There was a time in America, and I remember it well, and whether you agreed with them or didn't agree with them, that's beside the point. But men like Jerry Falwell, they took a stand for America. Men like Billy Graham, he took a stand for America. Men like uh, uh, James, I can't think of his last name, the Methodist down in Florida, and he took a stand for America. They have been men all through the course of time who took a stand for the nation. But there in America is not a, a spiritual voice tonight. A few of them tried. But nobody has reached that pinnacle that they could be, that they could be heard and be recognized and have an influence like Mr. Billy Graham did and, and some of these other men did. They, they helped change America or at least sustain America if they didn't make any changes. We don't have that today. There's no strong men in town. No strong men in town. And so here's what happens, and we'll close. Number one, nations fall that forget God. Yeah, they do. Psalm 917, many of you know it by heart. The wicked shall be turned into hell in all nations that... Forget God. Forget God. You know, there's provisions uh, under the blood for all sins, but there's something a little different, and you see it throughout the course of the Old Testament in particular, where there, when it comes to this matter of forgetting God, there's just no way through that. When, when you forget God, when, and, and He warned His people, don't forget me, don't forget me, don't forget me. And yet, when they forget God, the peril is unbelievable when they forget God. Number two, a nation comes to destruction. We're talking about a, the destruction of a divided nation, a truth that cannot be ignored. Nations fall when they turn materialistic. Sure. People fall when they turn materialistic. Churches fall when they turn materialistic. Families fall when they turn materialistic. 
The, the Bible makes very clear designation as far as this is concerned. He said, but they, but they that be rich fall into temptation and the snare and into many, look at this, foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Number three, we're almost done. Nations come to destruction. Nations fall when they become wicked. Psalm 145 and verse number 20, The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but the wicked will he destroy. Number four, nations fall into destruction. Destruction comes to a divided nation when that nation develops pride. Now, now there, we're, we're patriots and, and we, we, we have we have. Pride, we, we're proud of our nation, we're proud of our flag, we're proud of, of our military, and we're proud of our first responders, and we're, we're that kind of, that, that's not the kind of pride I'm talking about. But he said that there is a pride. We well know that uh, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah we know exactly what it was. It was homosexuality, lesbianism, gay, and all that kind of stuff. That, and, and that's one, one of the things that Jesus made mention of in the New Testament when he's talking about the signs of the end time. One of the, one of the genuine signs of the last days, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son. You know what the difference in 25 years ago and today is? You know what the difference in 25 or 50 years ago and today is? There's always been homosexuality. There's always been all of these kind of things. But it's, but it's kind of escalated. I can't even, I don't even know all the acronym that goes along with it. You know, LBGTQ, XYZ, NBC, ABC, CBS. And you know, then it just goes, uh, this long list of, identif of identifying who they are. But now, when I was a, when I was a young man and, and somebody asked me, and they said, now, pre your preacher, you tell the truth. We gotta. <laughs> he said, now you're a preacher. You, you gotta tell the truth. He said, when you were a young man, did you see all of this, all of these male queens and, and all of this stuff? And did you, did, did, did you see it everywhere you go and it's always in your face? And I said, no. As far as I know, when I was a young man, there was one queer and everybody suspected, at least suspected, that there was one queer in Lowndes County. When I, was a, when I was a teenage boy, and he'd walk the streets, you'd see him. But it's everywhere now. It's everywhere now. But you know what, though? You know what the other sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was? Was it Isaiah or Ezekiel? The pride of Sodom and Gomorrah. P-R-I-D-E. The, 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 the pride that they have in their sin. That's what happens to a nation. Here's what he said. Here's what Scripture said. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Number five, nations fall when they deny the Lord. We need to go to 2 Peter. I'm not going to take time to go there tonight. 
My conclusion is found in Ephesians. You need to read the whole fifth chapter of Ephesians, a whole uh, fifth chapter of the 17 verses of, uh, of uh, the book of Ephesians. It, uh, it tells us what we ought to do. Now, let's just look at just a, maybe just a couple of things about it. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It, um, he said, uh, here's, what we, here's what we can do. He said, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. You know what we're supposed to do? And walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let not once be named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness or foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. He goes on, he said, For this also you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, or covetous man, who is uh, an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But uh, be, be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye in light of the Lord. Walk as children. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. He goes on, he said, and having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak those things which are done in secret, but in all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. And whosoever doeth, doth make manifest is light. Now, here's where we come to. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See that you walk circumspectively, step by step. Circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Verse number 14, he said, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I preached a message Many years ago, the, uh, the, the points were wake up, rise up, and light up. Wake up, rise up, and light up. We need to pray, we need to watch, and we need to stand. Would you stand with us tonight for prayer? I tell you, as a preacher, as a man of God, it's very disturbing what we're seeing take place in our land. Very disturbing.